Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. I'm the Fonz. That's uh, Jesse Naylor. Uh, the title of the show is something about Trey Lance. Is he going to be elite? We're going to finish up with Trey Lance, you know, in the honor of like a 4th of July weekend. That'll be like the grand finale of the fireworks. But we're, first, we're going to talk about, you know, like questions, other things beyond quarterbacks. And we're going to talk about Julian Edelman just absolutely fucking eviscerating uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for no apparent reason. And then we'll get to Trey Lance. So first, Jesse, it's wonderful to see you. Yeah, wonderful to see you too. It's major thunderstorms out here, so hopefully power is good to go. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's after dark for sure here in Tampa. Is that like typical for a late June night in Tampa? Yeah, so I recommend Tampa is beautiful. Florida is beautiful. But if you're going to visit, people always have this thought, like, I got to go places during the summer, which I understand this when your kids and stuff are out of school. Not not Florida. Do not. This is the rainy season. This is thunderstorm season. The other nine months are beautiful, but we got about three months where it's very humid, very rainy, and a lot of storms. Is this hurricane season? It is hurricane season. I don't want to use the H word. It, I hope you're. All, I hope you're good. I hope nothing happens. All well, right. I'll say this: we're due, but yeah. Tampa hasn't had a direct hit in over a hundred years, so I think we're okay. Oh, good to know. All right. Well, look, we got some Niner topics. We got about an hour. My dad's coming over for dinner, so we got to cut this off at seven. <laughs> all right. Uh, first question: We want to talk about question marks. Like, this is the time of year to talk about question marks. Uh, the off season, but we've gone through all of them. We've done it before. Of all the question marks that we've pinpointed and analyzed, which one do you think will pan out in favor of the 49ers? Oh, gosh. So the one that I feel most confident about is the nickel corner spot. Because hmm. I, the way I look at it is if Verrett's healthy, there's a good chance that Mosley moves inside. Obviously very confident in Emmanuel Mosley. Love Emmanuel Mosley. But even if that's not the case, to me, Womack, I think, I, I really think the world of this kid. I think he can be a great nickel corner when it's all said and done. You know, a lot of these nickel corners aren't necessarily highly touted coming out of college because it's kind of a niche position, right? And so when I hear you say things like, well, he does really good in man coverage, he gets lost a little bit in zone, I think that's one typical of a young corner. Two, I think that's typical of a player that's used to playing outside. But I think that the 49ers, at least early on, are going to play a lot of press man in the secondary. Like, they're going to do a lot of cover one. And so because of that, I think Womack fits that perfectly. So either way, whether it's Mosley or whether it's Womack, I feel very, very confident about that nickel corner position. Yeah, that's fair. And I like what you said at the beginning. Like, they have Emmanuel Mosley. To me, they're, they have three good corners, Mosley, Ambry Thomas. Maybe it's, it's a stretch to call Ambry good, but he was improving, and he's young, and he's talented, and also Emmanuel Mosley – excuse me, and also Traverius Ward. So if no one if, – if Womack isn't ready and Lenore isn't good enough, uh, they can eventually – D'Amico eventually can get his best three corners on the field. So that shouldn't be an issue. I just wonder how long it will take for him to – put Mosley in the slot if he needs to I'm with you but I'm, I'm gonna stay on defense because to me no matter what happens on the defense they're a top five defense yeah, so I like agree. we're talking about the nose tackle spot everyone's saying well you know so much depends on Javon Kinlaw this year eh. in retrospect like if it ain't him it'll be Hassan Ridgeway probably you know yeah I agree I, I like Kacerik likes Ridgeway Ridgeway seems like he's probably I mean he's not gonna be as good as DJ Jones but he'll probably be able to stop the run and that's all they really need from that nose tackle spot. They don't need pass rush from that spot. So I'm not really concerned about that spot either. Though I mean, actually, the biggest concern I have on defense is strong safety. Yeah, I agree with you. That one I'm not confident. Nose tackle, but they they are all in with Talanoa at strong safety. And if it ain't him, then it ain't nobody. So I'm curious on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious on that one. The one thing that I, I will say, the saving grace for that position is. First of all, Jimmy Ward has to, has to stay healthy. That's one. But two, if they are going to do what I expect that they're going to do, which is a lot of cover one, a lot of press man, that means that Hafunga, if he is the starter, 
gets to play in the box, which he is very comfortable there. And he shows a lot of instinct there. So the speed, the cover two stuff, the things that maybe Tart was expected to do, you wouldn't necessarily expect Hafunga to do. But I agree. I still have a lot of question marks. I don't trust Hafunga all the way, especially if he does have to play in a two deep zone. I don't like that. I think they're going to avoid putting him in man-to-man coverage. Like they're never going to let that happen. So I if agree. they're playing cover one or what, like if they have Jimmy Ward man-to-man on the strong safety, which they love to do because he's the best at it, you're going to see a lot of Talanoa playing center field. And yeah, he's slow, but he's supposed to be instinctual. So let's see him make some plays, man. Like you got the whole field in front of you. You can use your instincts. You can see things, make some plays. I'd like to see that. All right. On the other side of this topic, one question mark on the 49ers that will not pan out in your opinion, or at least uh, probably won't. I'm going to go Jake Rendell. Hmm. I just, I don't have any confidence that a journeyman center who's 29 years old has started three games in his career is going to all of a sudden be the Raheem Mostert of centers. I I just, I can't trust (laughs) it. Like I, you know what I mean? That's what's going to have to happen. He's going to have to break out and be something that he hasn't proven to be to this point in his career. I just, I, I don't see it. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. For Trey Lance's sake, I hope that I'm wrong. But, man, I just – I don't see it coming out of nowhere. And that's basically what would have to happen with Jake Brendel. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, the center position in general. Because if it ain't Brendel, who is it? Brunskill? Right. He's not good enough. <laughs> so, I, I'm with you. The center position. I was going to go left guard. But, like, if it's not Aaron Banks, it could be Colton McKivitz. It could be Jalen Moore. Like, they should find someone good enough. They should find the Daniel Brunskill of left guards on their team somewhere. And if it's not Aaron Banks, it's probably someone else. I'm going to go back to strong safety. Again, they're all in with Talanoa. And if it ain't him, they got to go with special teamers. I'm not I'm not certain that Talanoa is good enough. Uh, he's supposed to be instinctual. He's supposed – that that tells me a guy – that tells me he's a guy that's going to be jumping routes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little nervous because last and year – missing. Playing, yeah. He gave up touchdowns and big plays last year. And, you know, I think if no one really on the Niners defense does that, not Jimmy Ward, not Javarius Ward, not Emmanuel Mosley, they all kind of keep it in front of them except for Talanoa, who's over there. You know, he's got a feeling. He's got an instinct. So I that one I'm a little concerned about, strong safety. I'm not sure that's going to pan out. I think the Niners are like, hey, yo, did you see that tweet about Adrian Colbert? All, like, what? Can we get? I'm sorry, but like, he said he almost had a reunion. You didn't see that? No, I didn't see it. Almost had a reunion with the 49ers. Hey, nothing against Adrian Colbert, but like, come on. Well, what is with John Lynch not valuing safeties? What is that? That's some like tragedy stuff. (laughs) I'll say this Colbert, Colbert actually was trying, he was reaching out to John Lynch. I know this throughout the offseason, he was reaching out and he specifically requested to play special teams only. So, Okay. Maybe that's where it was right. coming from. Respect. Sorry, sorry, Adrian. No, no disrespect. I'm just saying, <laughs> from John Lynch's perspective, how are you? So, how is your weakest position on defense safety? Come on, man. What? The the same way that the weakest position on offense has been quarterback. Like, yeah, that's a good Shanahan. Point. You're an offensive genius. You need a quarterback. What are we doing here? Touche. All right. So Debo Samuel is gearing up to finally like do the negotiation with the 49ers for extension, even though apparently he's asked for a trade and has rescinded it. I don't even know if they started the negotiation, but still they're going to sit down eventually and probably hash this out. And um, just because Debo has been very like emotional about it doesn't mean that Prague's not going to do what Prague does. And I mean, there's a lot of things they can say, you know, I mean, and and why wouldn't they, that you have to bring out your, the big guns and at least, you know, set a, Set a line in the sand of where you're not going to pay over. What do you think the 49ers will say, will use against Debo in contract negotiations? I think they'll use this year's draft against him, right? Okay. Because they went out and got another receiver. They already have two receivers that are breaking into year three, which is usually when you see a receiver breakout. And guys with a lot of talent, by the way. But they went and got Danny Gray who's a speedster, another receiver, and they went and got TDP to take away the run from him, essentially, right? Like, that's what we think is going to happen. So 
we went and got two guys that are going to take away from your workload. Mm-hmm. We don't need to rely on you the way that we did in previous years. We're not going to use you as a running back anymore, or at least not near as much. Yeah. So listen, we're taking something off your plate. Now give us some money back. <laughs> That's basically the way that I see them trying to play that. Yeah. Hold on. Let me just let me get some stats up. Um, I'm just saying, like, let's say and I don't know this for a fact, but let's say that part of the negotiation for Debo Samuels that he doesn't want to play running back that much anymore. And he's saying, I just want to be a wide receiver. You know, I'm a wide receiver. I did that for you. Just because I'm a great athlete doesn't mean I want to do that. And I was like, all right, fair enough. No more, no more running back for you. We're just going to keep you at wide receiver. So let's just evaluate you as a wide receiver. I mean, yeah, 18, you led the league in yards per reception. That's phenomenal. You led the league in yards after the catch. That's phenomenal. You're such a good receiver, Debo. It's just that in three years in the league, you have 10 touchdown catches in three years. Now, you know, a lot of, a lot, like some of the best wide receivers in the league could double that in a year. What Cooper Cup had 16 last year. And is, a, is it a fluke that you only had six touchdown catches? Not, I mean, 10 your career and six last year? No, because frankly, in the red zone, you're not a big, you're not as dangerous in the red zone as you are in the middle of the field. You're not as dangerous in the red zone as Jawan Jennings is or Brandon Ayuk is or George Kittle is because you're not the greatest route runner and you do, you're you not the biggest wide receiver and you don't have super long arms. I mean, frankly, when the, when the offense gets in the red zone, the best way to use Debo is at yeah. running back. Yep. He's the best red zone running back in the league. But if you don't want to do that anymore, okay, fine. Well, hey, if you don't want to do that anymore, fine. Well, you just lost like 60% of your touchdowns. So let's pay you what you're worth. Because touchdowns matter. They're freaking important. I'm sorry. They, they, I mean, someone has to score the touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. And and to your point, I'll, I'll add in something else. Because there is a lot of things that they really could use. I mean, they could use the drops against him. That You know, True. True. The, one really great year against him. Although I think he had a pretty damn good rookie year. But that's something they could use. But... The other two guys in his class that got paid this offseason, they didn't get the most guaranteed money. Like there were some receivers that got upwards of 70. Those guys were not close. One got 53, one got 57. Those guys have also been Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown extremely consistent since they've been in the league. So where do you fall in there? Maybe in the middle? Like if you want 70 million guaranteed. I don't know if they're willing to pay that. I don't know. I mean, it's just maybe it's just me, but like since Kyle's got here, he's kind of created this cult of yardage. People love yards. And, you know, Kittle's gotten paid off it. Debo's about to get paid off it. Like scoring touchdowns matter. They, they try to act like touchdowns are this fluke statistic that come and go and go here, go there. Like, I, I don't know. Then where are the touchdowns for Kittle in his career? Where are the touchdowns for Debo in his career? Now they're, they come when he runs the ball. You need to score touchdowns, and Cooper Cup does. Mike Evans does. DK Metcalf does. Uh, AJ Brown does. I, I'd like to see Debo do that consistently as a receiver, because if he can't, then I, I don't want to pay him as much. Now, if he's willing to play running back, then I'll pay him whatever, because he will give me fifteen touchdowns a season. I'm cool with that. Like he'll be as productive as Cooper Cup. But if he's going to be like, I don't play running back anymore, like, okay, well, in that case, we got to talk about what we're going to pay you. Here's the thing. I love Debo. He's my favorite player in the league. But if he's just outright not willing to run the ball ever, that's a whole – I mean, we're not getting Debo. No, you're getting getting Tyshawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, still going to be – He'll be good. Still going to be a very productive player. He can right? put up 1,500 yards. But I'm paying you as the fifth best receiver, not the best receiver at yeah. that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, they're not going to be going up and down the, the field, but, like, when it comes to scoring touchdowns, who's going to do that? Trey? TDP? Right. TDP. Right. TDP. TDP. Matt H. says the obvious bust feels like Trey Sermon could be cut. Uh, He's going to have to do something. I mean, he could be for sure, actually. He could be. He needs to do something. Yeah, I mean, they've got another 
what two running backs they brought in this year. It's going to be yeah. extremely competitive. Uh, Sean, how you pronounce that? Gogan. Gogan. Gohan. Yeah. Says defenses were threatened by defend the back in. Hold on, let me try that in English. Defenses were threatened by Debo in the backfield with Jimmy. Imagine the headache with Debo back there knowing Trey can hand it off. Use play action to keep it himself. Even Ayuk could benefit. I agree. Imagine, like, just if you were going to list the best zone read pairings in football, Trey and Debo would have to be up there. You know, yes, of course. Have to be up there. I mean, Lamar doesn't have anyone like that. No, no. I mean, so and I've thought about this a lot. So imagine Debo in the backfield. Imagine Ray Ray on the outside coming on a jet sweep. Right. And you got three options. Yep. You can go Ray Ray. You can go Debo or you can have the keeper or you could bootleg Ray. and throw the ball. I mean, come Ray. on. There's so yeah, yeah. many options that they have. It's it would be insane. Yes, I agree. Yep. Adrian Brown says at Grant, do you think AJ Brown is better than Debo? Love your show. I live in uh, Wichita, Kansas. You're the go-to for in-depth coverage. Thank you. I think AJ Brown is a better wide receiver than Debo. Again, if Debo says I don't play running back anymore, give me AJ Brown because AJ Brown you could throw the ball to in the end zone. I don't really want to throw the ball to Debo in the end zone, but if Debo's an offensive weapon, I think he's the best offensive weapon in football. I think yeah, he's the best I offensive think, weapon in football. I, I agree. And yeah. Cooper it, Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. But again, if he doesn't want to be an offensive weapon, if he wants to be a wide receiver, well, you don't score touchdowns anymore. So I, I, you know, give me AJ Brown. Yeah. Yeah. AJ Brown's been extremely consistent. And AJ Brown was a lot of people's draft crush coming out of college, deservedly so. I mean, he's been consistent for a long time. I know. Yeah. Me too. He's so good. And frankly, look, I was in Tennessee. It's just one game, but you know, when you go to a game and you see these athletes in person, you kind of like form your opinion a little bit. Based off that, Tennessee won. Debo was phenomenal in that game. So was AJ Brown. He was though they were the two best players in the field by far. And uh, I don't know, AJ won. Who, I don't know. who was better that game? Was AJ Brown better for Tennessee or Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I. Uh, I wrote off D. I guess I wrote off Jimmy a long time ago, but when he missed use check up the sideline, that was it. I think that was it for the most of the NFL too. Like, dude, what the fuck happened? That was pre thumb injury too. Let's be clear about it that. was pre thumb injury. That was just straight up yips. I don't know. Um, Frank Tom Ocean says, "Shout out Jesse, thanks for the great content." Absolutely, brother. So, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zach Bowen says. What makes Debo so special was what he did last year. He is barely top 10 if he's strictly playing receiver. I mean, look, he he led the league in yards per reception while playing with Jimmy. I'm not trying to minimize Debo as a receiver. He's a great wide receiver, but you got to bring those touchdowns in too, and he does it playing running back, which is remarkable. His average, like, I looked this up, it killed me, which is why I thought he was the MVP of the league last year. He, he, had, he had eight rushing touchdowns, average uh, distance of 16 yards out. What the fuck? Most people that most people that have eight rushing touchdowns are scoring from like in the go, like goal line shit. Yeah. Not Debo. He, he'd get to the twenty three and be like, "All right, touchdown." How many times did that happen? Like that? Those are game changing plays. Yeah, they so really like are. Steph Curry hitting like seven threes. You know, it's like oh, you just scored. From, you just hand it to him from at the twenty five, and he scored. No, <laughs> no other team can do that shit. Right. It's way right. harder for everyone else. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, of course, of course. Shout out Zach. He's he's a member on my channel as well. Definitely supports the Fortinet community. But yeah, I I don't know. I I wouldn't say barely top 10. I think he's locked into the top 10, but there's a question. I mean, top five's probably not a thing if he's just a receiver. I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's some good receivers in this top league. Some really good ones. He's not a big enough factor in the end zone. Um, but if he if he's an offensive weapon. He's the MVP of the league. He is yeah. the game changer. Because even Jamar Chase, you can't put Jamar Chase at running back. You can't put any other r- wide receiver running back like this. It's a, it's crazy. It, it's it changes the sport. It's that transformational. He needs to keep doing it. I wonder if he keep will if he, he continue to. We'll for see. sure, I will say that the deep ball for him, I think, is underrated. I mean, Jimmy's held him back for a exactly. while, but he he can. Yeah. I mean, he can go deep. So yeah, he's faster than I am. Yeah, people act like Ayuk's the downfield guy. Mm, 
The mm, no. He was the clear out route guy. Yes. He shouldn't have been. And now it's going to be Danny no. Gray. Yeah. Cles Limperio. Cles Limperio says, Grant, just want to say thanks for saying my name right. Uh, he, he predicted Is he foreshadowing? Right? Yeah, he's foreshadowing. <laughs> Do you think the sale of Great America will affect the Niners Stadium situation? You know, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? Great I didn't America see it. Also? Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So Great America is dope, but it's been there 50 years or a little bit less. And did they still have the Top Gun ride? Sorry. Yeah, they do. It's one of the it's my favorite ride ever. <laughs> I love that ride when I was kid. It's not Paramount, it's not sponsored by Paramount anymore. They okay. Anyway, it's a great ride. They just got sold and then like 11 years won't be there anymore. It's probably gonna be like uh condos and shit. Anyway, I think it's hella funny because part of the reason the Niners wanted to be there, not just that it was you know connected to their facility, is it like Oh, you know, you could come and make it a trip. Come out and see the 49ers. We have great America. Not anymore. Not anymore. You don't. Not, doesn't Chardall work there? He does. We really got to get a one-on-one with Chardall and ask how he feels about He's got another 11 years to work there uh, before they shut it down. But really, it's too bad. Um, end of an era. And I do think it's kind of fucking hilarious that the <laughs> Niners, like the That's one right. thing, because there's, Sorry for people who live in Santa Clara, although there's not very many. There's nothing. It's not a It's not a uh, tourist destination. And, you know, a lot of Niner fans, like, like to travel with the team. And it's not really fun. I mean, not even Niner fans, but football fans. You travel with your team. You come to the Bay Area. Coming to San Francisco is fun. Coming to Santa Clara, not as fun unless you're really like Great America. And now yeah. it's going to be gone. So it's all the more reason for the Niners to move back to San Francisco at some point. Man, that's rough. <laughs> that's a bad decision. Dang. Uh, Nathan Flores says, love Niners after dark. Subscribe with Grant last year. Now, Jesse, last night. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thanks. Hey, thank you, Nathan. I appreciate it. Last one. Sean, again, says, Debo knows he's more prone to injury as a running back. True. Meaning he wants to get paid now before it possibly happens. Why? Because if he gets hurt this year as a running back, he won't get a huge contract next year. True. All I would say is Debo, what he should do is take the contract that Terry McLaurin got today, the three-year extension, not the four-year extension. Yeah. Take the three-year extension and then become a free agent at 29, not 30, because you'll get less money at 30. But if you become a free agent again, you need those touchdowns, Debo. And so what I what you, you should tell the Niners is don't give me the ball on third and one or fourth and one. Give me the ball at the 25, the 20, the 15, the 10. I want those carried. I want the touchdowns. But no, I don't need – I'm don't need. i not the, the short yardage guy. I think that's a fair compromise. I, yeah, I think that is an extremely fair compromise, yes. Yeah. And I agree with you. Three-year deal makes a lot of sense for both sides, in my opinion. I mean, from the Niners' perspective, they should want like a seven-year deal, right? But, I, but see, I don't know because the the – he hasn't been overly injured, but the health thing, the way he plays, especially if he is going to continue to run the ball, how is he yeah. at 30? But We've you seen know, Kittle seven break year, down. A seven-year deal in the NFL is like really like a two-year deal. With like yeah, five, I feel like it. Five, one-year yeah. option. You know <laughs> I mean? feel it. But no, yeah, three-year deal for Debo would be smart. All right, let's move on. I've been talking about this a little bit. It killed me. This I Am Player podcast, I don't know, with Brandon Marshall, former wide receiver. He had Martellus Martell Bennett on last year. Out of nowhere, just totally slammed Jimmy Garoppolo off of something that happened five years before then, when Jimmy was the fill-in for Brady during the Deflategate thing. Uh, and that seemed random and over the top then. Then now, Julian Edelman goes on the same show and is asked about the same thing, and not just like off the cuff. Brandon Marshall has like has Martellus Bennett's statement typed out and asked <laughs> Julian Edelman to read it. And he does. It feels very premeditated, like watching of Love and Hip Hop. Of course it was, yes. You know what I mean? And I'm watching this like, this is so premeditated. Why did Julian and Brandon, why Why was this important for them to do now? Why was the, the timing seemed interesting because – Jimmy's sort of coming back into the news cycle now. He was going to get traded, going to get cut, da, 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 whatever. He was going to be on the market, didn't happen, had surgery. Now people are talking about he's going to start throwing again and he's going to be the it guy, you know, the guy, the quarterback that everyone, like, you know, it's going to be the Jimmy sweepstakes that we've been all waiting for. 
where everyone fawns over Jimmy and there's an actual bidding war. Ha! And here comes former teammates to be like, hey, fuck that guy. Yeah. Can I just point out something that happened six years ago? He fucking quit on us and we didn't fucking appreciate it. And what? It's like, damn, man. Like, yeah. What did you think of? Did you think it was a coincidence? Like, why? I, you know, I've been trying to rack my brain on this one. First of all, let's not forget that that quote, that original quote happened, I believe, in October timeframe. Yeah. Because I, I remember I was in Virginia and I was going skydiving that weekend. I remember you had a mean on the show and that's how I heard about it. So that was a long time ago. So why is it being brought up now? Well, I I don't want to make it into some big conspiracy. At the end of the day, I am athlete. Very, very smart. They mm. know that Jimmy and the 49ers are a hot topic. Mm. And having Edelman on, what a better way to stir it up and get some views. That being said, from Edelman's side of, of things, he's an ex-teammate. Mm-hmm. He clearly knew that that was coming. The, you know, Most interviews, athletes know the questions before they go in. They're not going to just come in and get blindsided. Especially very rarely. Like yeah. Right. So with that being said, I feel like he does have a bit of an ax to grind with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And I will say this. I think Jimmy played through those injuries this last season in large part because of what Bennett said. I really do. Because Jimmy in 2020 could have come back and chose not to, even though his teammate Kittle wanted to be out there with the guys playing, right? And so Jimmy historically has shut it down when he's been given the opportunity. He was certainly given the opportunity here. He had two main motivations, one to shut up Bennett and two, he's playing for his football future. So I find that actually is more motivation for Jimmy than the other way around. But yeah, I I think Edelman certainly is pissed and he's trying to mess with his bag a little bit for sure. I think we don't quite, understand where those players were coming from we're really focused on the Niners try to remember 2016 Patriots that was a title contending team with a lot of players in their 30s Jimmy takes over early in the season plays well gets hurt so does Brissett Jimmy shuts himself down to protect his own future like these are guys that are all in for the moment you know it's like it's like Draymond Green Clay Thompson trying to hold it down while Curry's out and Jordan Poole in a playoff game or whatever, like something because yeah. every, every game's a playoff game in the NFL, just being like, I can't go this. I mean, I could see Clay and Draymond hating him for life, whether they were right or wrong. And that's how the Patriots are. It's like, dude, you are fucking with our primes and you're thinking about your future. Fuck you. And they were angry about it. They won't let it go. It's six years later. And it's like, oh, it's time for Jimmy to get another opportunity to get another contract, get another start. Well, let me just come out of the woodwork and say, fuck that guy and remind everyone that he shuts himself down. I mean, Martellus Bennett called him a bitch. That's and Julian Edelman said, 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 yeah, I can understand why he would say that. So what they're basically saying is like, look, I'm Julian Edelman. I'm fucking respected in this league. And I highly recommend you do not go into business with this guy i mean like damn man i mean yeah you don't and he made sure to tell everybody like that he made sure to tell everybody that Brissett was also injured and that jimmy was injured on his non-throwing shoulder he was very specific about correct i don't even think that was i think he's wrong about that i I don't know wrong about that and that's how upset he is that six years later i think he's gotten the facts wrong from jimmy's to be fair to Jimmy, I think it was his throwing shoulder, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I, I think remember. it was his throwing shoulder. And I think maybe Julian and Marty probably need to let it go. But they, I mean, it's not my, it's not my issue. It's theirs. And they won't. And I find it amazing. Amazing. It's just yeah. so petty. And it's, I mean, you know, some players talk about me costing them money. Like I don't, but that, that does. That fucking does. 100%. And they know it and they're going for it. And they're, I mean, they're bent, they're bent about, it. I mean, let's look at the 49ers. Let's just take the 49ers situation last year. Kind of similar, right? Jimmy can't play. Jimmy is, is legitimately injured. Cannot yeah. play. Yeah. They have the playoffs on the line. 
Trey Lance has a hurt finger, which he's openly admitted bothered him all season long. He's like, hey, I'm a rookie. I don't have anything to gain. I got a hurt finger. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go out here and look dumb in front of everybody in my first appearance or second appearance. I'm not healthy. I'm not playing. Imagine the way that those players would feel about Trey Lance. That's the way the Patriots feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And so, and Trey Lance, by the way, certainly could have had motivation to not play if he was that hurt. Why? Why look bad in front of everybody your rookie year, right? So Here's my conspiracy theory with this Patriots thing with Jimmy. Why is the whole team so unitedly angry and vengeful about this? I have a, I have a theory. Brady riled him up. Brady's oh. Brady's Brady's suspended. Okay, Brady's in the background. Jimmy Jimmy's tearing it up. Week one, he fucking tears it up. Yeah, he did. Week two, he's tearing it up, gets hurt, and so does Brissett. And then week three, he does what he does, doesn't play. Brady's in the background, like you fucking believe that shit. You fucking believe <laughs> that. Shit. We're a Super Bowl team. He's he's concerned about his future. I would have played. I would have fucking. It wasn't there a report that Brady had a torn ACL when he won the Super Bowl with Tampa. He what had about, something. I don't something. know if it was an ACL. He had something pretty it's serious. Something. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that Brady would have played through whatever. He, I'm not. But I could see Brady in the background because Brady was seemed very threatened by the whole Jimmy thing, right? You fucking believe that? Well, let's yeah. let's let's and be if honest. Brady though. says it, then everyone feels like, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I could see, first of all, Brady has a giant ego, right? He's an all-time great. Yeah. He was coming up towards the end, or so it seemed the whispers were coming out. Yeah. You've got another quarterback who's young, very good looking, right? Yeah. And your head coach loves this man. Yeah. Yeah, I would Honor feel a little threatened too. Yeah. So I, I could see that. Yes, I could see that. Anyway, uh, it's just very interesting to see the animus that exists. And Brady's um, very cutthroat. Let's be clear about that. Very? You could just say cutthroat. Very cutthroat. Yeah, he's he's cut. He is the cutthroat. He's the cutthroat <laughs> comedian. All right, so the show is built about Trey Lance. Let's get to Trey Lance. Uh, he's entering year two in the league. It's his first year as a starter. He's 22 years old. Given where he's at in his life and his career and, you know, sort of the the track records of other famous NFL quarterbacks the last 10, 15, 20 years. What do you think uh, a good historic precedent would be for Trey? What do you think? What would you compare him to? Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, a, a lot of people want to go the Mahomes route. And I think comparing the situation certainly is warranted. But what Mahomes did and what Herbert did, and even Burrow, I mean, those guys are unicorns. That is not the norm. That is not the way quarterbacks normally come into the league, right? Yeah. But a very good player did come into this league a while back. His name is Andrew Luck. Okay. And he played his first season. But when you look at his second season, the stats were good, very efficient. I think that is probably more what we should expect from Trey Lance. I'm going to give you the numbers here in a second, but thinking he's going to come out and be a top five quarterback immediately or expecting Mahomes Herbert type leaps, I just think is extremely unrealistic. I think he can eventually get there, but expecting it right away is so unrealistic. So in my opinion, Andrew Luck is the guy. Andrew Luck in year two, 60% completion, 4,200 total yards, 27 total touchdowns, 10 total turnovers. If he has a season that's that efficient, I think everybody would be very excited about Trey Lance. And I think that that is a realistic expectation for Trey Lance. That's funny. I went to uh, to a different player, but it, the production is pretty similar. I'm looking at Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson was much older when he came out. His rookie year, he was 24. He had a lot of experience in college. His second year, he was 25. But if you look at his his numbers, like they were, I mean, the first three years of his career, pretty much had the same season three times in a row. Uh, his first year he had twenty six touchdowns, ten interceptions. His second year he had twenty six touchdowns, twenty six touchdowns and nine interceptions. Like he was very consistent. 
he didn't throw very much. He threw about 400 times in the season, completed about 64% of his throws, you know, had about 3,200 receiving passing yards. He was just very consistent, very efficient, ran the ball, averaged about five yards a carry and won a lot. And I think to me, when I watched Trey Lance, he reminds me of a much bigger Russell Wilson in in, in every way. I don't know if he's going to be as as accurate with the deep ball as Russell Wilson was, but just in terms of the uh, pocket mobility, the the smarts, um, the arm strength, the confidence – it's just intent instead of being five ten, he's six foot fucking four. Yeah, right, right. Which yeah. is yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I, I think I could see a Wilson, I could see a luck. And and I think again, when you look historically at quarterbacks, even the great ones, that's more in line with what you should expect from these guys. The the unicorn seasons are not, I mean, that's the exception. That is not the rule. So expecting Mahomes type seasons is not realistic at all. And like, just remember, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl in his second season as pretty much like, you know, a passenger in that offense. Now, quarterback's never a passenger, but that was a run first offense. It was all about Marshawn Lynch, similar like with what the Niners are asking Trey Lance. It's not about you dropping back 650 times a year and, right. and, and peppering, like being Patrick Mahomes. Just be Russell Wilson. Be young Russell Wilson. Hand off a lot. You know, be a threat with the with your legs but just carry it a couple of times few times a game and hit some big plays that's what russell wilson always did he didn't throw a lot but when he did he hit a few big plays and he would you know when he did run it'd be for a first down or a touchdown and if trey lance can be that kind of a quarterback they can win a super bowl yeah i mean i think wilson probably the way that i remember it was very timely with his rushes yes like always Always got it when the other team needed to stop the most. He was able to pick up a first down with his legs, right? If you yeah. can get that from Trey Lance on top of just being efficient and not turning the ball over, that is the biggest gripe I've always had with Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo realized that his skill set is a game manager and he just stuck to that, I would be totally fine. But he turns the ball over way too much. He does not protect the football. So if Trey Lance can just simply come in as a young player and not make a bunch of bonehead mistakes and improve as the season goes, that's a win because the team is winning. As long as he's protecting the football and improving week in and week out, the team is winning a lot of games. He does not have to be Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson was excellent and efficient, but he was not the star of the offense. It was Marshawn. And here it's going to be Debo. Whether I mean, especially if he's playing running back, it's going to be Debo. Just help Debo be better. Then Jimmy, because Jimmy essentially limited Debo. Don't limit Debo. That's your job, Trey. Right, Don't limit right. Debo. And I think he can do that. Because when we saw yeah. Trey play, all of a sudden Debo was catching 60-yard touchdown passes. Like, oh, yep, there you go. Something he can't do with Jimmy. There you go. You don't have to be freaking Dan Marino. No. no. You don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But if he is, that's, I mean, that's a bonus. Speaking of realistic looks, let's take a realistic look at Trey Lance. In a different, in a bunch of different categories, and yeah. see if he could be top five in any of them at his peak. Yeah, let's do it. So, first category, we've got about seven categories or so to go through, and I'm going to give you my top five in each category. You know, you may or may not agree, but I think most of us are roughly going to be in this area. Accuracy, I've got Burrow, Rogers, Dak, Watson, and Cousins. Now, Watson's still in the league. I know. He may or may not play, but very, very accurate quarterback. That's my top five. When I look at it personally, I don't think that Trey Lance will ever break into the top five in in this category because he has a lot of reworking to do with his mechanics. I think he's making major strides, but I don't think accuracy is going to be his biggest strength throw in and throw out. Now, Rodgers had to rework his throwing motion, but even in doing that, he was very accurate at Cal. He set the record for the most consecutive completions in in a game with wonky mechanics. Like That's built into who he is. I don't think Trey's ever going to be a top five guy. I think he can break into the top 10, top top 12 in that category. I don't see him ever being top five there. What do you think? I agree. I think he'll be accurate enough for his skill set. 
But the reason I want to be real specific, I think there's a reason that he's not going to be top five. And that's, you know, 99th percentile in the world. But he's there's a reason. Like, you can watch uh, JT O'Sullivan talks about it. Joe Montana talks about it, throwing. And I was looking at a lot of these videos when I was talking, when I was investigating the spiral thing. Well, the spiral is only part of it. The reason I would say that he's not going to be naturally, he's not going to be a top five accurate quarterback and he's going to have some wild misses. He does have wild misses. You watch him. It doesn't really matter the arm slot, whether it's over the top or three quarters. But when he gets to his release point out in front like this, what Joe Montana says, what all the best quarterback says is you, so you're out in, okay, you're out in front and you want to be as up and down North and South take from that spot and bring it into your, into your uh, pocket. You watch Trey, he's very left and right. He he finishes way across his you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has I know an exactly. What about. Finish across his body. So I'm just I'm not talking about arm slot. I'm talking about from release point to follow through. It's much more left and right than the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. Drew Brees doesn't throw like that. Joe Montana didn't throw like that. And Joe talks about like really your accuracy comes from being very up and down uh in that final stage of your throw. So that's not how he throws. It's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll take the Trey Lance skill set over just about any quarterback in the league, but that's not going to be his calling card, I don't think. Well, I mean, I think the two best quarterbacks in the league are Mahomes and Allen, and you notice I don't have them listed here, Yes. right? So accuracy is, yes, it's important, but it is not the end-all, be-all, right? And no, you'll see those names pop up a lot. Now, some if of you can't move, it's the end-all, mother- it's the end-all. Yes, of it's course. It's the end-all, be-all, but yeah, if you can move, like, no. A player, a, a rookie player from last year that I think could break into this is someone yeah. like a Mac Jones, right? Yes. And yes. that's where he has to be. Yes. He is damn accurate. I'll give him that yes. for sure. Yes. Yes. Deadly accurate. For sure. All right. Next topic. I mean, next, All right, next uh, category. Yeah. Next one is arm strength. So not, I've got arm strength and arm talent separate. So let me be clear about that. Just pure arm strength. The guys I have listed are Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Stafford, and Rodgers. I do think absolutely he can break into the top five here. Unequivocally, overall arm strength. Can he make a deep out throw 20 yards downfield? Well, he's got a freaking cannon. I mean, the one thing he's got to do is probably dial it back from time to time. Yes, I think he eventually, if not already, is pressing that. I also think Fields from last year can press into that as well. So, yes, I 100% think he will end up there. What about you? I think he's there right now. I think he's a freaking cannon. I think he throws harder than Fields. Doesn't mean he throws better than Fields. Doesn't doesn't mean he has more arm talent than Fields. But he's got power. I mean, he's all about power. He muscles that ball. Uh, you know, I, I have you know reservations about how he releases it, how he follows through. Everything about how he throws is throwing hard. Um, he can do it. So yeah, I would put him there. I mean, Justin Herbert throws a beautiful ball. Trey might throw harder than him. I mean, the only person that definitely throws harder than Trey Lance is Josh Allen. Josh Allen throws harder than maybe anyone I've ever seen ever. Like, he's John Elway plus. I wouldn't say that about Trey Lance, but he might be the second hardest thrower in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, he's, he's there. He's he's very close. Yeah. He's yeah. very close. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we agree. He can break into that there. All right. Arm talent. So, when I think of arm talent, I'm talking about being able to change up speeds, throw from crazy arm angles. The guys that I have listed there are Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, Wilson, and Murray. I do not foresee him breaking into this ever as well. Although I'm going to reserve a little bit because what I did see from those short practice clips was exactly what I've always hoped he would be. I felt like he wasn't the most creative thrower with his arm angles coming out of college, but he has the talent to do those things. He just has to unlock it. Can he do it consistently? I think he can break into the top 10 here. A guy from last year that I think could break into this would be a guy like Zach Wilson. Yeah, I agree. I actually think Zach Wilson's probably got more arm talent than Trey. Trey's got a lot of arm power, um, and he can throw from all kind of different arm slots, and um, he can throw on the run. Uh, it's just a touch and I just want to see it. Like with yep. Matthew Stafford and Patrick Mahomes, it's so apparent. They got the 
the arm strength, the touch. They can they can do whatever the fuck they want when they throw the ball. Yeah. Trey, he might get there. But right now, I mean, like you, a simple play action bootleg dump off to a to a running back could be an adventure for Trey right now. Yeah. Doesn't mean he always will be. So I'm not sure he'll be top five Arkansas. Again, I think what the allure of Trey's skill set is um how functional he is as a thrower given all that athleticism. I mean, he's 6'4 with the quickness of a 5'10 dude and the strength of a 6'7 dude, and he's extremely functional as a passer. But if he couldn't move at all, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want him as my quarterback, but he moves better than most, better than better than most. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the next one would be mobility. The guys that I have here are Lamar, Kyler, Josh Allen, Hertz and Wilson. I do believe he can break into the top five here. The guys he's going to be competing with long-term would be guys like Justin Fields, um, Deshaun Watson, those types of guys. But I, I do think that he certainly could break into it here because you see the flashes. Arizona, the very first play of the game, he got absolutely bombarded from that right side and he took off immediately and scrambled for a first down. As long as he's not used as a running back, I think his mobility can be very, very lethal. Mahomes is another guy that's pressing into there as well because his mobility is lethal, a lot like Wilson. It's timely. I think he certainly could break into this for sure. I think he can be the, the number one mobile quarterback in the league. I felt that since I saw him in, in training camp last year. I mean, he's not as quick as Lamar and Kyler Murray, but he's way bigger than them. And, you know, he's not as big as Josh Allen, but he's faster than Josh Allen. Yeah, and you've seen what Josh Allen's been able to do as a rusher. You've seen what Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson have been able to do. I think that Trey Lance sort of is like in like this, you know, the, this middle sweet spot in between all of them. And he could be the best scrambler of all of them. He won't be the best on the zone read, but he'll be good enough. And his ability to roll out and throw, scramble, um, extend plays and also do quarterback power uh, zone read. It'll be the, you know, he'll be the most, he'll be the LeBron James of mobile quarterbacks. He'll just be the most, you know, he'll have, he'll have it all. I really yeah. think that. He'll, he'll yeah. Very Cam Newton potentially, right? Power runner. Faster. faster. Yeah. Faster. I, I mean, when you look at Lamar and Kyler, they're certainly the most dynamic, but Josh Allen is smoking Lamar Jackson when it comes to touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, because I mean, Kyler and Lamar are scatbacks. Yeah. Like Josh Allen is a he's a, he, he's a bell cow. So is Trey. So is freaking Trey. And Trey's huge. And he's faster than Josh Allen. I think they'll be all used a little bit differently, but I think the most to me, the most devastating scrambler in the league is Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, even more than Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson, because those guys will make you miss. Josh Allen will just run you the fuck over. And then it's like, damn, is that defender okay? Uh, yeah. I think Lamar, I think Trey can do that, but I think he can also make people miss. He's faster. I think he's going to be even more gifted as a scrambler than Josh Allen. Yeah, for sure. All right. Pocket presence. I've got Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, Watson, and Allen. This one's tough because. The mobility is certainly there. He feels presence very, I mean, he feels pressure very well. He shrugs off pressure at extremely high rate. But I don't know if, as a passer if he manipulates the pocket the way that some of those other guys do. Um, that one's close to me. I'm going to say no here on this one, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's able to figure that out. I'm saying yes. See, to me, what he reminds me of in the pocket, not Brady. It's not necessarily an efficiency because he wants to – he's not one of these like – with Breeze and Brady and, and Manning, it was a pocket efficiency to get to make sure they can get the ball out in 2.5 seconds because they're not mobile. Trey doesn't have to do that. Trey's more like a young Roethlisberger where you're – or Mahomes. You're buying time. You're buying time. I could, I could float backward. I could do unconventional shit because the longer I hold the – if I if the play goes five seconds – Good. If it goes six seconds, even better. And that's what Roethlisberger was like. That's what Wilson was like. There'd be these plays where he'd just be running in circles like, uh-oh, this is going to be it. And I think Trey's going to be like that. 
And so he, the way he manipulates the pocket is going to be way different than uh, Brady. But I think the way he buys time, the way he avoids pressure, it's going to be elite. It's going to be one of the best thing he does. Yeah. Way, I, you, listen, I'm I'm not going to make a big argument against it because I'm very on the fence here. Because much like some of the guys I listed and another guy who's probably right there would be Wilson, Mahomes, Watson, Allen, Wilson. I see a lot of that in Trey. So, yeah, I, I think that it's possible. What I want, what I want to be, I want to be real specific with Trey. He's way different than Kaepernick. And I'll take the Trey skill set because yes. when Trey, when Kaepernick was coming up with Wilson, it, to me, it was clear that Wilson was better because Wilson was quicker as runners like Wilson was. Barry Sanders, the quickness, the make you miss ability. Ka- Kaepernick didn't have that. He was like Chris Johnson. You know what I mean? Like yeah. excellent as well, but I'll take Barry Sanders. Trey has the same make you miss ability that Russell Wilson had, but he's six, four. Like he can also, like if you happen to touch him, you better hit him really hard. You better not just come with like an arm tackle. Cause he'll, he'll break that. And that's a whole different thing than Russell Wilson. That's a whole different thing than Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? That's why he's so intriguing to me. This is young Ben Roethlisberger with four or five speed. This is way, this is crazy. We've never seen, I guess, I guess Andrew Luck was supposed to be that. It's kind of like Andrew Luck. He also is very aware of where the line of scrimmage is. And he tries to stay just right up on it to make a throw downfield. So yeah, maybe you're right. You know, maybe maybe I'm off on this one. Maybe he does get there. I I think it's going to be close. I really do. I can hear the argument either way for it. Yeah, I feel you. All right. What does it say? I'd compare Trey to Watson, but Trey got drafted by grownups. Trey will have a happier ending. Oh, jeez, bro. I again, no, like, when Watson's great. When he scrambles and gets hurt, I'm like, you all right? Are you okay? Is he okay? Is he all right? Is he okay? With yeah. Trey, I'm, I'm not really feeling that way. He's more like Josh Allen. Like, oh, he's, he's going to drop that guy. At least it's yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so now we're getting into the final two categories, which are more intangible type categories leadership. So, leadership I've got Brady, Mahomes, Wilson, Carr, and Burrow 1000%. This, these intangibles that I'm about to go through are exactly why I was so big on Trey coming out of college. He is a bona fide leader. No question about it. He will break into the top five. What about Carson down. Wentz? Carson Wentz, they're they're built very different. About, very, about very Kirk different. Cousins. About Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins not a leader? What are you talking about? No. People no. love Kirk Cousins. No, 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 no. No, I do not think, at all. I think, I think Trey can – I mean, to be a top five leader, you got to be a top five quarterback because leadership kind of comes with the territory. You got to be the like the real deal, but it seems like he's a natural leader. So if he, if he can back it up with his play, I do think he could absolutely be – yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think you got to be a top five quarterback because I don't have Carr in my top five, but looking at what he did with that Raider organization last year, the crap that they went through to be able to push through the way that he did and vouch for his teammates the way he did and look past all of that, that right, that was leadership. About one hundred percent leadership. No. <laughs> I don't I don't care what any players say. If you can't even return your teammates' texts in the offseason, I don't care. Those little things go a long All right, way. You're right. No, <laughs> I, I, to me, like what Trent Williams said about what, what basically the Niners keep saying about Trey is that, yeah, he's very impressive physically, but like, so, you know, a lot of busts have been impressive physically. What, what, what differentiates Trey from all the physically gifted quarterbacks is his makeup. It's his passion, it's his leadership, it's the way he conducts himself, it's professionalism. So yeah, I'd have to say that he definitely, that's a big part of his, you know, pa- I'm not going to say package. It's a big part of, I'm sorry. It's a big part of the allure of Trey Lance. And uh, again, if he can like back it up on the field, then I think the leadership will be a big part of what people talk about. Yeah, package. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Especially not after the last super chat. I'm not no, going there. No. All right. Final one is football IQ. I've got Brady, Wilson, Burrow, Lamar, and Dak. I 1,000% again think he will break into this. I would put Rodgers in there to a fault. He's extremely Mm -hmm. analytical, and I wish he would be a little bit more like Brett Favre, who had no football IQ at all. Zero. 
it's like, dude, you're losing. Can you throw the ball? But Rodgers is very, very. Uh, He's overly like that's yeah. that's what it comes down to. OK, I'll give an example. Brady will throw three interceptions in a game. It's true. It's true. But when you look at it, they're arm punts. Because he knows that no matter what in this situation, he's either going to get a big play, a pass interference, right. or it's an arm punt. And he did it against Green to Bay. His, to, his, to his quarterback rating than his He's team. too I, safe. I he's too that. safe. You, ha- right. you have to know when to when to go for it and when That's to pull fair. back. That's fair. He doesn't know when to go for it and go all out. And I can't stand that about him. Can't Hate stand that. it. It's the biggest. so many number. times when I've like, the Niners have played the, the Packers, like the last 10, 11 years, and I've picked the Packers, and he's just – they're like losing by seven in the fourth quarter. And he's just, yeah. it's like, dude, I picked you. Right. Who are you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, and, and for me, again, the, the biggest thing that I touted about Trey Lance when he was coming out is what was on his plate in college. The fact that he had to call verbose plays that he had to call audibles that he called protections that as a redshirt freshman, he was studying NFL defenses. This is a strength of, of Trey Lance's. And everybody that comes across Trey Lance talks about this very thing. Yes, he will be in the top five, and it will be sooner than later. Also, I hate to go here right at the end of the show, but like it's a little racial, right? A lot of times with white quarterbacks, black quarter, black quarterbacks, like, oh, he's so he's so mobile. He's so gifted. But sure, yes. can he read defenses? Like The thing about Trey Lance is that he really, you know, you can't use any stereotype against him. He's he's off the charts in everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So yes, and, and maybe if if people think that wouldn't necessarily think of a quarterback like him being cerebral, he is cerebral. He wants to throw. That's what that's what drew the Niners to him is that he's so he's a unicorn. He's unlike any other core. He's unlike any stereotype. You know, he's he's a true mixture. Anyway. Well, and, and I agree with you, by the way, and I, I know that a lot of people raise an eyebrow when I put Lamar in this category. But when you look at the way Lamar plays football, first of all, very little turnovers. Agree. He knows when to run. He knows when to pass. Agree. He knows when to go all in, when to risk his body. Lamar is, and and by the way, Lamar Jackson represents himself as far as an agent goes. So Lamar certainly has a lot of IQ. And I think a lot of people are like, what, Lamar? Everyone on the, I feel like national people would look at the Niners and be like, well, Jimmy's a cerebral quarterback and Trey's the athlete. No, 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 no. Trey's the athlete and the cerebral quarterback. <laughs> and the cerebral you know quarterback. I mean? like Jimmy has the lowest football IQ of any quarterback oh, starter in the league. I mean, he's he's all about trusting his in- instincts, saying YOLO and ripping it real quick to his first read in the same spot a million times over and over and over again. Like Trey, he, he I think his IQ is off the charts and IQ is, something you can measure at a young age, right? It's doesn't have much to do with uh, knowledge, but I do think part of football IQ is experience and knowledge and facing the, the coverages and knowing what to do. And he's very inexperienced. So once he gets there, he, he really could be that guy for sure. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and you're 100% right about that. That is the national narrative. Yeah. Is that Jimmy's the veteran. He's the savvy guy. Trey's it's too early for Trey. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Trey Lance is the smart one. Like, let's yeah. get past that, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Trey Lance just like through OTAs and minicamp completed 75% of his passes and had like a three to four one TD to INT ratio. Jimmy's never done that in practice. Jimmy's a bonehead. I'm sorry. Pretty much. Yeah. That's why I call him. I try to be nice, but I've always called him the Derek Zoolander of quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> That started on my show the first time he came on. That's essentially, oh my God, what he's got. Official yep. BNA Music idiot says that Trey trucked and KO the Arizona safety in game one. He did a lot of that because he was being asked to play running back in that game. Terra Dome says intangible. Does he love football? Would he do it for free? Does he breathe it, live, live it, think it? I say yes. Man, he didn't like need to go to Ohio State for the clout or Minnesota. He wanted to go to North Dakota State to bet on himself. I think that's a guy who believes a guy who goes to North Dakota State's kind of like a guy like Jeff Garcia who goes to the Canadian Football League. Like you are you're you're all in at that point. Two two things that point to this. Again, as a redshirt freshman, he was studying NFL defenses. That's one. Two, remember what Shanahan said about the iPads last year, how they log time and can tell who's on it the most. Trey Lance had the most log time, 100%. He loves football. There you go. Jimmy didn't have the most long time. You're telling me Jimmy yeah, didn't have the most uh, Imagine time. that. 
What a f- I'm shocked. Sacramento Mike says every time we lost last year, Jimmy threw an interception to a linebacker. That's probably true. Although Sacramento Mike, I can't trust you, man. Or a safety. <laughs> I think my dad just rolled up. The show's gotta gotta end, even though it's still bright as hell out here in Oakland. Oh well. <laughs> Niners after dark. It's a great name. I'm I'm sticking with it because you know. It'll be dark in a few months. And then then this is crazy because we got Niners after dark and then you're about to have real life cone zone. This real is amazing. Life cone zone. That's true. <laughs> Private members only. <laughs> Thanks for watching everyone. I'll be back tomorrow with Crocker first thing in the morning, 9 a.m. See you then. What are you doing tonight? Anything else tonight? <laughs> Nothing. I got family in town, but tap in over at Last Second Sports. Show some love. Appreciate you. That's what's up. All right. See you guys.